Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text today from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, as he foretold the event of Christ's baptism, said, God said, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Dear friends of Christ, you know, as we leave Christmas, we enter into this season called Epiphany. Epiphany means uh, to make known or manifest or to reveal. And then we say, well, what's being revealed? Well, Jesus is being revealed. And who Jesus is cannot be better explained than through the event of his holy baptism, that event. Now, Isaiah talked about it. Isaiah foretold it. And then, of course, it, it's fulfilled. It's mentioned in all four Gospels. Now, we weren't there for the baptism. We don't know what it felt like to be there. Um, we don't know what it, John the Baptist was thinking when all of a sudden the heavens opened up. We don't even know what it looks like to have the heavens open up. Um, we also don't know what it feels like to hear the voice of God thundering from the heavens this is my beloved Son, with Him I am well pleased. And neither do we understand what it, what it is to see the Holy Spirit descend out of heaven like a dove. All these things took place. But know this, the voice, the Holy Spirit descending and resting on Jesus' head, the whole baptismal event of Christ proclaims one truth, Jesus is the world's Savior, the only one. The only hope for salvation, to save souls from hell, to open eyes that are blind, and to free sinners who are in the dungeon, in prison of their own sin, out of the darkness of unbelief, and put them into the eternal light of Christ. You know, God gives us salvation, but why are we here? Are we here to be saved? Yes, but there's more than that. We are here to listen, to learn, so we can tell. So that we can tell others, yes, 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 that's your job. As a Christian, not just to be saved, but to share. This baptism of Christ is a preaching event. It's a revealing event. It's something to share with other people. And we may not have been there the way John the Baptist was, but John the Baptist shares with us these words I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on Jesus. I've seen it, and I tell you that He is the Son of God. I tell you, it's our job to tell one another. So the whole event of Christ's baptism is pretty powerful as the heavens open up. And I wish you could have been there to see it, because if we could have been there, it would have changed how you think about God. I mean, if we could have seen it, it would change your perspective about Jesus and what you think about Jesus. It would open your eyes. It would open your hearts. It might even open your lips to tell. Unfortunately, we weren't there. <laughs> we weren't there to draw upon all that, uh, to booster our faith. No, we're left to believe by hearing. We're left to hear by believing the proclamation 
of God's Word. And all that's sufficient. It's all we need. Listen, hear, listen, be saved, believe, and tell. We need only to believe. Have the Word open our hearts, our minds, and then open our lips. So that we can proclaim the truth, which is our theme for today, Behold God's Servant. John the Baptist was convinced. He was convinced that Jesus is indeed God's Son, the Savior of the world. He heard it. He saw it. He witnessed it. He was there. This is the Son of God. And God wants you to know that too. This is the Son of God. And Jesus is your only Savior. And so He speaks to us through His Word, the Bible. Isaiah says, Behold my servant. Behold. Look. Gaze. See. Pay attention. Behold my servant. See my servant whom I uphold. My chosen. My servant, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. Jesus is God's servant for salvation. God sent Jesus to do the job. And he writes in Matthew, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give. To give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is the servant, but he's also the chosen. The chosen one. Chosen to suffer. Chosen to die. Chosen to live his perfect life to redeem. So I want you to stop what you're doing. Pay attention. Behold. Watch. Everything Jesus did, he did because he cares for people. Everything he did, he, he did because he came to serve. He came to care. He came to love. And God says, in him my soul delights. God our Father was totally pleased with the life that Jesus lived here on earth. He kept all the commandments. Totally pleased with the sacrifice. He was a perfect son of God who never sinned. That's why God the Father, when he died, brought him back to life. Raised him from the dead. Now, if you were to grade Jesus, give Jesus a grade on how he lived his life. Okay, What kind of grade would you give him? Give him a grade. You know, perfect, an A+. Plus. Yeah, that's right. That's the, that's the grade God the Father gave Jesus too. But God the Father can't say the same thing about us. We don't make an A+. Plus. A+, plus is for perfect people. And of course, we know that we're not perfect. But if you would give yourself a grade, now give yourself a grade of how your life is lived out for God. What kind of grade would you give yourself? Would you pass? There's a lot of people who think they would. There's a lot of people in this world who think that they'd pass. In fact, they think that they've done all that they need in order to uh, receive the greater pleasure of God. But God said of His Son, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. You need to understand the Bible never says that about sinners. He never looks at sinful people and says, With them I am well pleased. We're not perfect. Did you know that entry into heaven requires perfection? Yeah. If you want to get into heaven, you have to be perfect. That's a problem, right? 
it's a problem because we're not perfect. We've all failed, we've flunked. The Bible says all have sinned, all have gone astray. They've all gone their own way. We've fallen short of the glory of God and the wages, the soul that sins will surely die and not just a physical death. He's talking a spiritual, eternal death. If your life is not pleasing to the Lord, what are you going to do to rectify that problem? If your grade is not an A+, because you have to be perfect to get into heaven, remember. What are you going to do about that? What, what can you do, really? What can fallen and perfect people do to please a God who demands perfection? Have you ever lied? Makes you a liar. You ever cheated? You're a cheater. You ever lost it, been greedy, hurt others with your words, hurt others with your behavior? You aren't perfect. So now what? What if God's final judgment on your life is, uh, you're not my child, you don't belong to me, with you I am not well pleased. Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal lake of fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, according to Matthew. What if we're not the kind of people God demands us to be? Well, that's why we need Jesus, isn't it? Why we come to this day of his baptism, isn't it? He gives us his life. Jesus gives us the perfect grade that he made. Because we need that perfect grade just to get into heaven. Jesus gives us his A+. Puts it into our souls. Listen, there's only one way. There's only one hope. There's only one truth. There's only one life. There's only one Savior, and that's Jesus. Then baptism declares it. The heavens opened up. This is Him. This is my Son. This is the one. God is pleased with you through Him. You know when God sees you, He doesn't see you in all your faults. When God sees you, He doesn't see you in all your sins. When God sees you, He sees His Son in you. In baptism, we're united with Christ. Now, He sees the A+, that God has put into your soul. Our epistle talks about how Christ, how we are in baptism are connected with Christ. Now, I can't say it any better than Apostle Paul himself, but listen. For if in baptism... We have been united with Christ in a death like His, because we die to our sin. We shall certainly, in baptism, be united with Christ in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self, that old sinful nature, was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. And that's what we need. We need the body of sin to be brought to nothing. My lies, my cheating, my, my coveting, my lusting my greediness, the body of sin, to be brought to nothing. And that's what Jesus does. He gave his life, 
His perfect life was well-pleasing, made that perfect sacrifice, the perfect Savior, the only Savior, that A plus in your soul is Jesus' righteousness. It's a gift. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. And God the Father says of Jesus, I will put my spirit, my Holy Spirit on Jesus, and he will bring justice to the nations. Righteousness to the nations. So the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus. The heavens open up and the voice declares, this is the one. And the Holy Spirit then rests on him, chooses him, anoints him, appoints him to be the Savior. And now the Holy Spirit looks at you. And he points at you and says, look at him. Behold the servant. Gaze, look, see. Gaze, look, and see what others can't see. You see, the Holy Spirit is like a giant GPS system. He takes those who are hopelessly lost and directs them the right way. You know, when you're in a city, a large city, and you want to eat, what do you do? Well, if you're like me, you talk into your phone or you type it in, you say, restaurants near me, right? You've done that before. Restaurants near me. And as soon as you do that, you get this long list of restaurants. And not, it not only tells you the list of the restaurants, it gives you their phone numbers, and you can even push a button to show you the direction, how to get there. But how do we find Jesus? Where is the nearest Jesus to you? You know, open the Bible. Listen to the Holy Spirit. God's talking to you. He's inviting you. And he tells you exactly what you need. He points you to Jesus, the only Christ. And he points you to the Jesus and what he's done for you. To wash you, to cleanse you. Yes, Jesus will bring righteousness to the nations. Jesus will bring justice to the nations. That Hebrew word for justice is a beautiful word, mispat. The word can be translated justice or judgment. Without Jesus, I mean without him, I have every reason to fear the fact that one day I'm going to have to stand before his presence in final judgment. That can be a terrifying thought. To have to stand before Jesus on judgment day without Jesus. And without Jesus, the verdict will be, as it always is, guilty every single time. However, with Jesus, the verdict changes. With Jesus. With Jesus, we are declared not guilty. With Jesus, we are declared united with Christ, cleansed in the waters of baptism. With Jesus, Paul writes... So you must consider yourselves in baptism dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. With Jesus made perfect. With Jesus righteous. With Jesus saved. With Jesus, one day we will hear God our Father say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. Jesus brings justice to the nations. He's brought justice to you. Jesus really cares about the people. A bruised reed, Isaiah says. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. What's a bruised reed? 
Well, that's, that's kind of the stalk of the flower that, you know, when you get a dozen roses and, the, and the, the stalk breaks off, that flower dies, you have to throw it away. It's no good. A smoldering wick is a wick that's burnt out of a candle. It needs a new wick uh, for, for the oil. It needs to be replaced. Has the wick ever bur- burned low in your life? Do you have broken things in your life like a broken, crushed stem? Have you ever felt broken? Jesus knows your life. He knows all the moments, the lowest moments of your life. He knows them better than you know them, know them yourself. He knows your struggles. He cares for people who are broken. Cares about those who are crushed, who have little life in them. And God comes to restore them. He comes to strengthen them. He comes to bring us back. Isaiah says this about God's Son. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you a covenant. Talking about Jesus. I'm going to make you a covenant for the people. I'm going to make you a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes to that are blind. To free captives from prison. And to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. There's only one light in Epiphany. There's only one Savior of the world. There's only one hope to open the blind. The eyes of the blind. There's only one to free captives from prison. The only one to release them from the dark dungeon of their sin. Jesus has done that. Jesus has done everything that was expected of him. It's epiphany. Behold God's servant. Listen to the Lord and then go. Tell others about the Savior. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.